I've been guiding through three of the four Brahma Viharas, and I hope they've not. You know, I hope that you've been able to take them with you. That it hasn't been just during the morning sittings and then on to the next thing. That that you actually pick them up and really take them to heart. And the, the fourth of the Brahma Viharas is Upeka. Upeka, it, it has the English translation of equanimity. So uh, sometimes when we translate Pali or Sanskrit words into English, it doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite give us the, the full meaning. And I feel that equanimity is one of those translations that it kind of gives you the, it sort of sends you in the right direction, but it doesn't quite meet the true meaning of upeka. So when I think of equanimity, I have this sense of like staying even, remaining even. And there is, that is part of the, of the fruit of practicing upeka. But it isn't that we, you know, go through life smooth, even, unperturbed by anything. But it's more that we uh, see what's going on within a greater context. So uh, a friend who studies Sanskrit, and she was saying, if you look at the Sanskrit translation, it's the same word, upeka, you would call it seeing from a bird's eye view. So... Uh, that kind of gives a different feel, doesn't it? It doesn't, doesn't feel like, okay, now I'm supposed to be have an even temperament with all the challenging conditions of the world. But it's saying, look at it from a bigger perspective. So there's different ways we can do that. I mean, we've been pointing to it actually a lot through this retreat, you know, the perspective of our mortality. You know, being born, going through life, and then at some point dying. So when we, you know, we might be caught in the middle of something that feels extremely important. And then if we bring to mind, you know, our mortality, what is terribly important in a moment may not feel so important after all. There may be other things that are much more important. So getting our point across, or being right, or getting our way, being understood, all those things, they can seem extremely important in the moment. And then, in the bigger picture of it all, does it really matter? You know, what matters is what is in our hearts, our intention, the way we live, the way we manifest in the world, the way we speak and act and relate to ourselves, to each other and to this planet Earth and all that lives here with us. And that's what matters. It's often the little things that are most important in terms of how we're relating. So Upeka, it gives us the, the broader view. And we can look in terms of this lifetime, this our one life and our mortality. And if your mind goes there, you can also look in terms of many lifetimes. So in the bigger picture of it all, the Buddha speaks about there is no discernible beginning 
to this round of rebirths. There is no discernible beginning to sangsara, the, the endless uh, birth, becoming and death that is going on all the time. So if we look at it in that context, then you know, what's really important? What do we really want to put our energy into? Also, one of the, the misunderstandings of Upeka is that, that we become indifferent. <clears throat> it's seen as like the close enemy of Upeka. So we say, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, everything's impermanent, and no self anyway, so never mind, who cares? But uh, Upeka is a Brahma Vihara, it's a divine abiding. It is a, it's, it's one of the highest qualities of love. So it's far from indifference. But it's more like a, an unconditional love, a love that can allow the challenges, the mistakes, the intensity, the plateaus. It's a love that can allow all of that and know that this is all okay can be learnt from, we can develop spiritual qualities, regardless whatever our situation is, we can develop spiritual power, spiritual strength. So plateau, you know, we have to have a certain amount of faith and perseverance, steadiness. And if, when things are very intense, then we need to find that groundedness and maybe take some more deep breaths than we normally would. So finding the skillful way of relating to what's going on. And it's not to make it, as I say, it's not to make it all even, because life isn't even. But to be able to hold this whole chaos, you know, complexity of life within a mind that can receive all of it and let it go. So one of the ways of pointing to a peka is to, is to speak of it as grand, grandparent, like, a, like the grandmotherly love or grandfatherly love. So this is like of a good grandparent, loving grandparent. Um, so when you're a parent, you're really having to deal with the, you know, the diapers and the screaming and the training and the school and the paying the bills and all of that stuff. And it gets, it can get pretty intense and, you know, it can, you can lose the perspective of, you know, how important it is what, what one is doing, the guiding of a child into the world. Because it's all, there's so many other things crowding in on you. And then a grandparent has been there, done that, and made all the mistakes, learnt from them, you know, knows what is important, what is not important, and can enjoy the, the wonder of the little grandchild. This is, this is the blessing of having been through it already. <laughs> so Upeka has that kind of quality where it's, uh, it's not putting a lot of emphasis on how this child should be or how this life should be 
how it should be how it should be moment by moment, how it should be working out where it's going. There's more of a kind of understanding that it's first of all that we're not in control. We can't make it turn out a certain way. And that how we meet it will be the greatest influence that we can give. So meeting with acceptance, with love, with wisdom, clarity, a bit of playfulness. This is, this, is, uh, this is like the wisdom of the grandparent. So we can develop this sense of upeka in relation to, to time, you know, how long, like a lifetime or many lifetimes. And also one thing I find very helpful is to, is to use the sense of context and space. So, I often speak about, but I think my, the first time I really noticed it was when I was, I think, maybe 19 and or 20, maybe to 19, I think, and living with my partner and working long hours in a kitchen. And my partner used to stay at home and play guitar and draw cartoons and smoke. <laughs> 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 and I'd be out working really hard. Then I'd come back. I didn't drive, so I'd, I'd come back by a train and then I would walk up a very steep hill and then have to walk down a very steep track to get to where we lived. And that was one night, I was you know, coming back, I mean, walk, working, I don't know how many hours, long hours, and was, it was night, I was walking back up this steep hill in the dark, and uh, really caught up in this annoyance and frustration and with uh, my life and, and my partner and how it should be and how it isn't, and, and it was all very intense in my mind. And then I looked up, and there was this vast expanse of the universe. There were those stars. There's this enormous, vast space and wonder. And suddenly I saw, my goodness, you know, there I was completely entangled in me and my story. Totally, totally caught up in me and my story. And I'm this tiny little person on this planet which isn't that big in the bigger picture of it all, in this amazing universe. And it just kind of put everything into a different perspective. So, you know, Upeka, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that I, you know, sp- spent the rest of my life, as you can see, with that person. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that you give up discernment. Uh, you still can do what's right and make wise decisions. But there's a, there's a perspective on life that isn't just caught up in that entanglement of me and my suffering, me and my success, me and my story, me and my hurt, me and my wants, me and my failings. It's not just caught up in that, it's, it's much bigger. So at that time, you know, we knew about the the galaxy and the universe and so on, and these words. And uh, I think in the 90s, they did this experiment of, um, I think for 10 days, using a very, very fine 
uh, subtle telescope. They put this telescope on a point in space where there appeared to be nothing. So, and, and I don't know how it works, but it was done in such a way that it could stay in that same, looking at that same point for 10 days and recorded over that 10 days what was happening. So it was, a, it was a very expensive experiment, which could have you know, ended up with nothing. And then when, after those 10 days, when they looked at what this very, very fine telescope was looking at, was, was seeing, what they saw were, they saw galaxies. They saw galaxies and galaxies and galaxies that we didn't know were there, because we hadn't seen before. So, you know, now the understanding is there are probably two or three billion galaxies. So the, that is inconceivable. <laughs> you know, the mind can't get around that, but that's like, you know, even if you look up and see vast space, we're not even seeing a, a, an iota of it. It is massive. It's amazing what we're part of. So this is part of the reality that we are in, that we live in, and that we live as part of, and yet we get so lost in the story, or in a feeling. So use that, and look up from time to time. If you live in a city, get out to the edges of the city. Go into the desert, go off to the ocean and look up. So Upeka doesn't dismiss what is going on. You know, I very much advocate uh, going into the body and being with the subtlety of feeling because it can tell us a lot. But we do it with that knowing that this isn't, first of all, it isn't really who and what I am. This is just a a pattern of energy that's got stuck for some time or that is wanting to return to its source. So it's to look at, to look at these things with, a, with an interest and an openness rather than a, an absorption into the self story. So for this, the rest of this sitting, let's just, uh, you can choose whether you want to use it as a time frame, looking at the space of your life, or if you want to, like many lifetimes, or uh, in terms of the, the spatial context within which we are manifesting. And also every, uh, every atom in our body was once star dust. This is what we came from. And somehow, in the process of it all, we hold on to it and call it me. And get very attached, very complicated. So just for this time, let's uh, release that grip. Open up to the bigger context. <clears throat> 